on this episode. Holy shit. <laughs> did it. Play the music. Today is uh, for two purposes, uh, to celebrate the freaking Dallas Mavs coming out of nowhere, admittedly eating crow myself, my homer self, laying them out to pasture, and uh, preparation for game seven, or game six, excuse me, which is on Friday in Dallas. Um, Brian and I are recording this on Wednesday, or Thursday, excuse me, so the game is going to be tomorrow. More than likely, this is uploading, you're listening to it on game day, so we'll have some preparation and all that good stuff. So, before we get to it, Brian, how's it going, my man? How are you? Good, man. Uh, I'm extremely good. I, you know, like you said, eating crow, because we both said the same thing, which was there was no way, but I don't think either one of us thought for a second that he was going to be nearly as healthy as he was you know, it'd be able to, I guess a few days rest really did to, did him good. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think most eaten that's the one, I think that's the best thing that both of us can say is that we, you know, for our listeners uh, who, if this is not your first pod, you heard Brian and I discussing last game, what we thought it would take to kind of be more competitive and have a chance. Both of us felt like the Mavs weren't going to be able to win because just Luca looked so off and so bad and in so much pain. And we just did not think that the Mavs doctors could, could get it done like they did. I mean, holy, holy crap. He looked like he did the first two games. And Bobin and Powell were our two huckleberries that we said needed to get minutes. And sure enough, Rick went that way. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, those two paid very, very, very played, excuse me, very, very huge parts in the first quarter for Bobin. And uh, the third quarter for Powell. So let's uh, let's celebrate it, man. The Mavs won. So 82% of the teams that win game five win the series when it's, you know, it's always tied. If it's tied two and two, that is. Sure. So the Mavs have two chances. One in Dallas, which would be the Mavs in six prediction that I laid out. Um, or they have LA. The Mavs will play Sunday 100% regardless if they win or lose. Or I'm sorry. Yes, if they if they win or lose, because it's either game seven versus LA at 2:30 on Sunday, or it's game one versus Utah at 2:30. Same time, same time, everything. They're either they're either surfing or skiing. That's not right. One of the one some they're doing something, but one of those two cities. So oh, um, so let's let's talk about game five and what we saw. And I'll let you go now. I've talked, I've talked a bit. Well, I mean, look, before we get into all of the smaller points that made such a big deal. Obviously, Luca, right? One yeah. of, I, I would argue, probably given what was on the line and how, how injured he looked before then, probably his best performance to date, you know, playoff wise. 
you know, it was, it was, here's an interesting stat. So um, in the history of the NBA playoffs, there have only been three players who have accounted for either through scoring or assisting 80% of their teams made baskets in the history of the NBA playoffs. And that's Allen Iverson, LeBron James, and Luka Doncic last night. Luka Doncic, through either scoring or assisting, is number one on that list. And it's it's like 80 – hold on, I'll give you the exact number because it was 31 of 37 made field goals, which is 83.8% of all of Dallas's made – made uh, field goals he either scored or assisted on it's the highest in the history of the nba playoffs that's insane that is a one-man juggernaut putting the team on his back insanity well let me chime in real fast so the year Allen iverson did that is that the year they made the finals yes it is and the year lebron did that is that the year they made the finals yes it is okay now, now both teams lost both both years they did lost in the finals. San Antonio, both of those Lakers to the yeah, that's where the Ty Lue picture comes from. Yeah, the famous yeah. So Philly lost to the Lakers, and then uh, San Antonio Spurs beat uh, beat LeBron. LeBron has uh, bad luck with Texas teams in the finals, by the way. But yes, that's that's a story for another pot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty remarkable, uh, pretty remarkable feat that Luca pulled off. Uh, it was, it was terrific. So before you move on to the next point, I, I pulled up two stats that I wanted to share with our listeners about Luca in case they have not heard. I'm sure it was on the radio today. I didn't listen, but, uh, I found these on Twitter. Uh, one is by stat Muse, which is a cool, good for, I play fantasy basketball. So they're kind of a cool thing to, to follow there, but, um, the highest playoff points per game of all time with 10 games, a minimum of 10 games played. Michael Jordan, 33.4, and our Luca, 32.8 at number two. Wow. That's pretty impressive, right, through 10 games so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's a small sample size, 10 playoff games. But, I mean, he's had one not great playoff game in all of, out of those 10, and it was because he couldn't look left. His neck you know was working. What's even more crazy about that? He has he's fifth right now, all time scoring in his first eleven total games in the playoffs, right? And he would be third, maybe even second, if it wasn't for that neck injury that one game, because yeah. he's only eighteen points behind number two. Wow, it's uh, it's like thirty, it's like thirty points behind Jordan, so he wouldn't have got that anyway sure. if he was healthy, because I'm sure he could have gotten. He scored 19 that injured game. So his par for the course is 35 to 40 on the series. So he would be number two all time in that, that category as well. And most points scored. So that's freaking nuts, man. Like, well, and then you, what you also have to factor is the assisting and the, the assists and the rebounding, you know, like we're talking sure. about, but the scoring up there with Jordan and don't get me wrong. Jordan was great at a lot of things, but assists and rebounds ne- or neither one of those were his, his thing and uh you know luke had 14 assists and what eight he was playing steals and all around defense was jordan's thing yeah you know that was his his so you know luca luca is uh 
you know, we're witnessing something amazing. Even if we don't win this series, it was amazing to see. It was amazing to see. And Bradley Bill was kind of mum in his post-game preference yesterday. He was throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there, not trying to, you know. Although I'll throw something else out there. Um, one thing one thing I learned, maybe, maybe, and I've kind of been thinking it, kind of going back and forth. And again, this is really more of a thought for a later day. But last night's game kind of cemented for me that I want us at some point in the next year or two to find a way to get a legit actual big man on this I know like Dwight Powell on steroids type big man I want I want a 2005 Amari Stoudemire on this team you know somebody who can do the play the pick and roll and really roll to the basket and oh god it'd be lovely to see well we called it you know that's that's the the story of the game was that Rick was going to go big and was not going to stop yeah. He was not going to break to that small lineup, no matter how many threes they hit to begin the game. I mean, they, they I think their first four shots were three-pointers, and Rick did not go away from Boban. Yeah. He brought in Powell and Kleba, and we talked about that too, remember? About yeah. playing that duo together. So very intriguing. Uh, we talked about Boban and KP starting, which is what happened. Obviously, I talked about Josh Green. That did not happen, which is fine. I was just thinking of energy ball, um, kind of like what we got from Powell um man just dorian finney smith and tim hardaway hit the shots they weren't hitting in dallas in the two games we lost they, luca was finding a way yeah. to get them space and they were either driving making the extra pass instead of trying because in, in dallas dfs gets the ball and it's where he would normally make a three and his three-point percentage has been much, much better this year. And he's been second guessing it because of how fast they crowd. Right. And this time he either took the shot or got the pass off instead of getting stuck because he tried to then think about it, hesitated, and then they're stuck. And same thing for Timmy, you know, Timmy first play of the game, it was evident. He wasn't going to fuck around. He was like, okay, you're going to come at me. I'm going to drive for the basket immediately. And there's free throws. Well, uh, and and the problem and the, the problem for for Dorian has been he doesn't really have that in his game you know Timmy can can do that it's not not he's fast man he's fast he can drive yeah absolutely I mean it's not he's a shooter first and foremost but it's but he's got that in his bag Dorian doesn't really have that in his bag that's what he needs to develop he needs a a mid-range he needs he he needs a lot he's so so improved in the last two years like it's crazy but he he needs some work and but we need him to do what he did if him and timmy do what they did this team is not losing because i gosh kp with i i don't know if kp can do much worse like i I don't know if it can get much worse right now i'm almost on team start powell and bobin and let kp come off the bench honestly here's the thing before we crush kp let's let's give him some credit that did have three he hit in the fourth quarter was huge Matt, I mean, arguably again, the biggest shot of his career up to yeah. this point. And Timmy hit one right before the back to back. Yeah. Those three were so ginormous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, without those, if those two rim out, we probably lose that game. And Dwight Powell in the third quarter. So we went down, I want to say seven points. And it was looking like, okay, this is, this is, 
this is the this is what we're worried about. We you know no defensive stops, whatever. And Powell came in in the third, and we went like on a sixteen to nothing run. Yeah, and that was like his giant fuck you to every MFFL that has been talking shit about him all year. Um, because man, did he ever come with it? And yeah. he was the catalyst to you know. I talk about game one. Willie Colley Stein was the third quarter catalyst in that game. You know, we, it's funny because we these huge games that define series like game one versus the Lakers in 2011, it was Corey Brewer. Yeah. Uh, it was a big reason why the Mavs were able to take it, right? Game one in this series, Willie Colley Stein in the third all the way. And it's funny how it's always the third. And I'm sitting here terrified, knowing we're going to sit Luca for three minutes with a, the lead that we had. And I knew they were going to come back on us a little bit. And we just had to maintain the run, survive the run. And I am confident in the Mavs right now because, boy, in the fourth quarter, they miss, I know you didn't, weren't able to watch the fourth. They missed so many bunnies, dude. Like, Luca, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe some of the numbness was coming in. His shot was a little bit off. Maybe it was kind of, kind of getting sore, right? But um, all of them, like, I, Tim Hardaway had some great looks. DFS, some great looks. They made them when it counted at the end, right? But there were like Luca's little fadeaways, posts. They just they weren't there. Not so I'm, I'm hoping two more days rest or another day's rest, and he's a little closer to being a complete game. Or maybe it was just dumb luck. But man, it was a uh, down to the wire, and this team showed moxie. And boy, having bigs down there fucked with Kawhi. Yeah, man. Yeah, it absolutely did. That having bigs and the zone, right? Because that's the whole thing about the 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 two three zone or the three two zone is it'll let you can get off three pointers you can get off jump shots but it makes it pretty tough to drive to the basket and the whole thing is what was so crushing about game four specifically game four was just how they were driving on us at will they weren't you know they're the best three-point shooting team in the league this year but they weren't – that's not what was killing us. It was the drives to the basket, Kawhi and Paul George just walking right down the lane. And, again, I don't know if they're going to come back out with that same kind of thing uh, with, with starting Boban and starting two bigs and, and the 2-3 the zone or not. I don't know if they're going to do it in, in game six, but it did. It made the, the Clippers have to hit those shots, and they had a hard time doing it. And it's beautiful, too, that that's exactly what you and I talked about. You know, we were talking about what the what if, what we thought needed to happen. And, you know, we we didn't think it was on the recording. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, proofs on the recording. You know, we talked about the two the two guys who were the difference. And we talked about the zone difference about making them shoot yeah. and not not get to the hole. And it's exactly what happened. This team can play that. This team's talented enough to play with them. And. Man, this is wild. You know, you've got tonight, there's two games, potential game series, two series ending. The, the Mavs could be the last series standing technically tomorrow. If uh, if Utah wins, not Utah, I'm sorry. If Denver wins tonight and Phoenix wins tonight, right? I honestly think they're both going to be game sevens on Saturday. I both game. I think, I think tonight, because Vegas thinks that as well right now. They think Lakers and Portland win and force game sevens. So we shall see. But the West is, man, the East, just everybody, boom, you know, five-game series, four-game series, five-game series. And out here, it's looking like we might get possibly, you know, all, we for sure have three-game sixes. So we'll see we'll see about the rest. But 
it's crazy to think where we've come and it's hard for me before we get into preparation for game seven is you know that's the that's the thing about that I love about doing a podcast and putting things to recording because you and I are, are you know very emphatic in our defense on the maps and we both thought they were going to lose like I stated earlier on the recording because we just didn't think our leader our guy was going to be without using me a shell of himself and just this team needs him to do just best player in the NBA type things to be able to hang with a team like the Clippers right now right yeah yeah I mean you know if like as you know like you're saying there we didn't we didn't think he was going to be right but if I I'm a firm believer even though he has yet to win anything in the NBA uh significant you know no never even made it to a conference finals if you're going to tell me going into any game, I don't care what game it is. If it's just one game, I'm not going to bet against Luke. I'm just not going to no. do it. I'm at that point in my trust in him. And it's, I'm going to be wrong a lot, but that dude's unreal. Just- yeah. I will not bet against him again. And, and the goal thing too, is all the NBA players watch these games. Yeah. All yeah. of them watch this game. You want to, you want to talk about the ultimate way to get, the Bradley Beals, the whatever your heart desire free agents here, yeah. you see how he's like driving to the hole and creating for Tim Hardaway. You know, he's trusting Tim Hardaway in a playoff game. Now, I think Tim Hardaway is a good player, right? But sure. that's like Curry trusting Clay. That makes way more sense than Luca trusting Tim Hardaway in a game like that. You know, that that's. That's that's Russell Westbrook with Bradley Beal. That makes more sense. It's it's the it's the people that he's actually saying. I know Kleba can make this shot, or I know, and and that's that's saying a lot. Just wait, you know, the best is yet to come for sure. Yeah, and uh, I just man, that was one of the most nerve wracking best games I've ever watched. I was up. It's gonna be an early night for me. I hope maybe not. I got some personal stuff going on that might not you know let that happen at the moment, um, but man i uh i just smiled ear to ear i think i was up to like 2 a.m just <laughs> it's taking it all and watching the team i was hoping charles barkley was on tnt he wasn't draymond green replaced him for the evening because i wanted to hear because you know he guaranteed they weren't going to win i wanted to hear his thoughts so let's roll into game six if that's okay with you unless you got anything else you want to add on the game not at all no i mean we've we've covered it all it's you know they were they all right were, yeah we're good so game six tyloo Let's talk about the Clippers first. Do we think he's going to change up what he what what won two games, or is he going to go big now and put Zubak back in the lineup? Because I think Rick's going to stick with it. I think he's going to stay small. I think he's going to stay small, and because I think he's going to bet that, and I, I think it's probably the smarter move by him is you play that game. 10 times, you know, I think they probably hit their shots that a lot of the shots that they were missing are going to fall in five or six of those games. You know what I mean? Fair uh, enough. He's, he's going to play the, the average that the best three point shooting team in the league is going to be able to beat you with three points, uh, three point shots. If you, if that's what you're going to give them, I, that's what I think. Plus I think he also knows that putting Zubats out there is a recipe for, disaster in the long term for them because luca's gonna 
he's going to force the switch and then destroy him time and time and time again. I've, I've heard multiple NBA um, analysts saying that they need to um, double team Luca and Please. not do that. So do you think he's going to try something like that? So he hasn't yet, but we're I mean, talking about Ty Lu and that's the difference between a guy like Rick Carlisle and Ty Lu is Rick Carlisle doesn't give a doesn't give a flying fuck what the media thinks. Ty Lu's listening to them and he's that's just the kind of guy that he is, right? I'm sure he's a very nice family man. I just as far as coaching goes, I I, I understand what I'm what I'm dealing with here. So do you expect them to give Luca? Because they, what they're doing versus Luca, if Luca's playing like this, it's it's they're they're gonna lose if they can't can, or are they just gonna continue to do what they do and shut everybody else down and just make him, hey, hey, if he scores 40, but Tim Hardaway gets 10, we're good. I think, again, I think it's going to be one of those things where, I don't know. I think they're going to, because he has yet to really, really focus in on Luca. I think they're going to try it. I don't think it's the right, I don't think it's the right play. Um, because number one, Luca is one of the handful of players in the league that it's basically impossible to really, truly double team because of his size, his movement ability. Not that he's fast, right? Cause he's not really fast, but he has an agility and a nimbleness and kind of a fluidity that he can split double teams. No problem. He can, you know, he can split a double team because of his size and strength and fluidity but also his passing ability. If you double team him, he's going to find an open man. And, you know, yes, that's what they're, they're saying. Okay. Let's let everybody else beat us, but there's enough shooters on the Mavericks where I think that's going to be poison. And they're not going to be able to handle. So my thoughts on that are this, I do think something's going to change and he's going to have to, I think that there's a lot of pressure, especially, you know, he's, he's hearing the, you know, the pressure that this is it, you know, this is, one game for their season, right? I watched in the third and fourth quarter so many things not be fouls versus the Mavs. It was maddening. Like two, for sure, um, layups. Luca did not get free throw attempts. And then I watched Boban get like, like beat the fuck down by three people, right? Those calls aren't ha- those calls are coming are happening for the Mavs in Dallas. Yep. Right? Yeah. So you have you I, I think buckle up. I'm glad it's a Friday game because this game's gonna take like three hours. There's gonna be a lot of clock stoppages, a lot of free throw shooting, I think. Um we find man, I don't... Marcus Morris be his self that we all know that he is, which is a scum fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, he, you know, that that finally made an appearance, and I think we'll see some more of that on Friday. I can't believe they had to review Bobin for a flagrant foul. He's like the nicest guy in the world. He didn't mean to hit that Terrence man in the face. No. He didn't mean to at all. I think the Clippers, I think their swagger, I think, I think, man, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, when LeBron did what he did with the Heat and joined up for a super team, eventually talent wins if that makes sense, right? And and because karma is a thing, and it comes your way. And the Dallas Mavs in 2011 were the perfect storm of just the right team, the right everything, the dramatic comebacks they had that year. You know, I'm not saying this team is the 2011 Mavs, okay? We're, we're taking this one game at a time right now to see what, what they got, right? But I am saying this, the way Kawhi 
not the way he left Toronto. He had every right to leave Toronto. He was traded there. Okay. He had every right in the world to seek out free agency, every right in the world to be schmooze and everything else, but he's an asshole. You know, he handled the situation really oddly. Um, in my opinion, especially when some of that like behind the scenes stuff came out, I won't bore you listeners with it on the podcast, but he's kind of like his, you know, his uncle wanting things promised and everything else kind of lame. If you're in way, if the listeners are interested, the information's out there. You, you, you know, just it's it's out there in advance. So that's yeah, all. and and then uh, you know, the, all of a sudden you wake up, you hear not only because it happened at like two a.m. in the morning. Not only did Kawhi Leonard choose the Clippers, but Paul George went to free agency and they ended Oklahoma and just after he signed it. So I just something has to like give like if i'm the and, and this sounds fucked up because the nba is not fixed although there are weird things that have happened before but it, to me it feels like sometimes the karma corrects itself to straighten everyone out and teach them a lesson if that makes sense sure I, and look it's it's it doesn't always happen but it does it does have a way to to balance out some of that stuff i will say this and you said it a second ago talent usually wins out that's not always true in every sport. The NFL is a, you know, the most talented team. Very rarely does the most talented team win the Super Bowl. They have one game. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the beauty of where we are right now is the Mavs. It's just one game. Exactly. That's all they have to do. Like, they, they can treat this like it's a game seven, and they will. Yeah. You don't lose this game at home. The Mavs will not lose this game. No, at all. You, no you, especially it'd be one thing if you're going against, you know, if you're going against, I don't care, pick a different team, any, almost any other team. But when you're going against a competitor like Kawhi Leonard, you do not want to give him the chance to feel the pressure of a game seven in his home arena and leave it up to it the the possibility of of him just not i mean you know he has at different points put this the clippers team on his back during this series you don't want to let it get to a game seven you win this game yeah i i just don't know like you i, I think you get on the plane and you're like fuck we thought we were going to sweep these boys or at least win three games and they came to our home and they they got us yeah. we know what it takes we know what this is this is what we got to do so it's interesting. And once again, I blame a lot of it on youth. Um, you know, we've talked about all the whole length of our podcasts about Luca being 20, you know, 20, 22, excuse me. And, uh, you know, just, he doesn't know yet, man. Like he doesn't know what to talk to his teammates about and how to check them. You know, you know, we talk about Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, sending, uh, you know, texting everyone the night before about think about your championship speech and and everything else, right? You know, that's what you do when you've been in the league a decade and you've been there. You know, yeah. you got a 22-year-old kid who's awesome and he doesn't, you know, he's probably playing Fortnite. I don't know <laughs> like what, what, his, what his ritual is before games, but it's definitely something that he's going to eclipse to. And I think that they woke up because of that because they got manhandled in their, in their own building. And it's going to be a, a ruckus play. I, uh, I cannot wait to hear... I'm going to watch the game on, I know you're going to be watching it on the, whatever network it's on. I think ESPN, I'm going to watch it on Bally sports because they give you the full audio of the crowd. It's freaking nutso. Like it's pretty cool. Like it was really cool at the beginning of game three, watching, you know, the maps fans go nuts. So I'm going to make sure that I, 
watch that broadcast tomorrow night. But I think I think the Mavs are going to win, and I think I think Rick stays. The only thing I think Rick would do, and he's not ballsy enough. Rick's a ballsy motherfucker, but he's not doing it. That I would bench KP's ass, not because I don't want him to play. I put him on the bench and let him see the game, and then let him, you know, come that way. That's what I would do. And, and play pal but he won't do that and that's okay and that's okay because we're, we're fine with what we do i think we just need to keep the same rotation and we'll be fine i think i think i i get where you're coming i think the problem is kp is i think we would all agree at this point that kp is a little bit um you know weak up here right mm-hmm. weak-minded and i think feeling it man he, he like he's like just not not where he needs to be my dog is behind my tv right now going crazy just like kp there she is <laughs> if i think i the catch is i think benching him would escalate that problem even further i'm yeah. sure it'd be like the rondo situation it, when you bench kp it's you're not playing him again yeah yeah and the problem coincidentally, coincidentally in game three or game five excuse me when he got three fouls in the first two minutes of the quarter and they benched him for Powell, that's when we went on the run. So shocking. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the catch there, what the truth is, what you really hope for is for KP to get hot, really, really hot in this game and into the next series. So that way, when you get into the off season, you can actually trade him for something of value. That's what we got to hope for. But again, thoughts for another day well my pre-game my pre-series uh prediction was Mavs and six and uh I'm planting the flag man I'm sorry that I I will never doubt a person with an injury again ever again until I see it it oh, the, I did have a disclaimer I said we'll know within the first five minutes how he's gonna play and, it and was sure as shit he had four three-pointers in the first three minutes so we kind of were sure yeah. what was gonna go down and what was gonna happen right yeah I mean you know he came out on fire so it uh it's gonna be interesting uh, I'm, it, I'm i'm back on Mavs and six. it is because the clippers are a better team you they have are. to just out coach and out scheme and out heart which they can, the 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 harding part is tough because you can't argue about Kawhi's heart right no, not uh, at all so the heart paul george you can if iffy Paul George is iffy. I question his heart completely. No, no doubt. No doubt. Paul George is that team's KP. Um, but <laughs> a he's better had, version. Yeah, exactly. And he's had a much better series than our KP. But no doubt, no, no question whatsoever, Rick Carlisle is a better coach. Mm-hmm. And I, I like up to this point, I would argue that that it, that Luca and Carlisle are the only reason that we are where we are. Sure. And, um, Hopefully, you know, like we talked about it a, a few podcasts ago. Some people were starting to squawk a little bit about maybe it's time to move on from Carlisle. And hopefully, hopefully enough people actually realize what they're watching and that can stop. You know, sure. I don't want to hear any of that nonsense. Yeah. I mean, those, the, the two games we lost, game three was just wild, right? Game three or game four was completely the injury. You can't you can't put that on Rick. I mean, you, you like not at all. Like Rick, Rick Carlisle is man. Him and Luca, like I said, it's it's right there. Like the, the only issue I have with Rick as a coach is the beginning of the season, finding his adjustments. He yeah. he, you know, finding what roster he's going to rock with. He likes to tinker, which is fine. 
but the first 10 or so games is always him just figuring it out. And that costs us some games. Now in the great scheme of things, let's say it costs us three games this year, we would still be playing the Clippers. So what is, what does it matter? Right. So you take that for what that is, but then you also throw in the COVID situation that happened, the KP injuries, the back-to-backs, maybe you're talking about seven wins and you're talking about this team being a three seed. So I guess you can talk about that a little bit. You can kind of say, Hey, and if in a perfect world, if all these things were not like the other, that that's a thing. So hopefully going into next year, that's a thing that he can address, but I doubt it because it'll be a different roster. (laughs) Obviously it's not going to be the same. And where I was going with this was the one issue that the Mavs possibly could have for game six for losing is that the Mavs team for what it is and as talented as the Clippers are, if the Clippers get off to a big lead or figure something out, it's on Rick to adjust for game seven. It It's not really something he can fix in game just because of the lack of just true. I mean, we have, man, I, I go to battle, love watching these guys, love cheering for them, but it, it's very, very evident that the more talented roster 100% is on the Clipper side. Sure. So if the game plan is not there from the get go and something throws in the chink of that, that's, that's an issue, but I'm a confident he can adjust that to game seven to give us a good chance to win. That being said, game six it's going to go down i don't i don't think tyloo's going to throw anything they're not prepared for it's just all about making making shots and being aggressive you know um they wanted to make threes in game game five the mavs but they were not afraid to drive to the basket it was 100 evident and it was beautiful absolutely yeah totally more of the same man more of the same in game six will be a victory and holy shit that's going to be wild you yeah. know like I can get used to this, man. We have Dallas Stars, you know, making a playoff run last year. Got them. I mean, let's let's do it, man. You know, you're you're talking about the Cowboys winning 12 games. Like, let's. <laughs> we got the Rangers about to lose 12 in a row. Like, you know, these streaks or something. <laughs> something yeah, <laughs> the Rangers. Let's not even talk about that. Oh, we talked them up so great. much. They were so fun for like, you know, it's June every damn year, dude. Jeez, yeah. Louise. All right, so go Mavs. Luca is going to score 46 points, bold prediction, and the Mavs are going to send the Clippers home packing Friday night. Booyah. Triple-double 46, by the way. Yes. Okay, I approve that. All right, anything else you want to add? Or are we done, Ski? I'm done. I'm done. All right, thank you for listening to our post-game reaction slash pre-game preparation. I think that's what you call it. And at Go Mavs, let's win game six. Rock and roll.